Welcome to another episode of EC30 Ethnic Conciliation Conversation Continues about Racism and the Gospel. Tonight, we are very fortunate to have Jeremiah Castile with us. Jeremiah, welcome this evening. Great to be here with you, Dave. I'll read a quick bio about Jeremiah. He is the founder of the Jeremiah Castile Foundation. That link will be on the YouTube as well as we'll link it into the podcast. Played football at University of Alabama, lettered played for the 1979 national championship team with coach Bryant was all Southeastern conference, all American played in the pros for Tampa Bay and Denver played in super bowl 22, but let's get into the meat of it. He's an ordained minister since 2001 married to his wife, Jean, since 1983 proud parents of six children, Tim, Simeon, Leah, Rachel, Caleb, and Daniel. And more importantly, this is a man who humbly walks before the Lord who uh, seeks to bring up future generations to love Christ. He loves God's people, and it is a blessing to have him. Jeremiah, I'm going to pray real quick for us, and I'm going to turn it over to you, okay? Yes, sir. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for Jeremiah. Lord, we ask for your wisdom in in listening, uh, prayerfully listening, about racism in the gospel. We have lived with blind spots. We have been willfully ignorant. We have had an attitude of, that's not my problem. Let somebody else fix it. Lord, we are calling on you for mercy and grace to confront the sin of racism in and outside the church. Would you use your Holy Spirit to convict us, shine light in dark places, cause us to repent, to bring about your glory through your son, Jesus Christ, for the sake of his beautiful name and his glory. Amen. Jeremiah. Amen. Thank you, David. I I, just a little bit of I reckon just a couple of minutes of background for me. And uh, I came to the Lord at 13, went to Alabama at 18. And uh, during that time, I was discipled. I was in a ministry called Athletes in Action or part of Campus Crusade for Christ. So I was discipled there for three of the four years that I was there, actually my last three years. And uh, David, I was uh, one of three blacks in that entire group. So the majority of that group were white. And uh, I want I want to bring that out. And uh, as of the really the last uh, 25 years, since we've been in Birmingham, we've been, I've been in Birmingham 25 years, but um, really the foundation that I, I got in college under uh, Athletes in Action really set the foundation for what how I've lived my life the last, uh, ooh, that'd be 30, 30, almost 40 years, 38 years. And uh, I wanted to say that because it, 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 as I share to tonight, um, it will, um, let you know why I believe what I believe and I've done what we, and we've done what we've done with, uh, with our, with our lives, my wife and I, Jean, we are going on 38 years of marriage. So you can kind of, Deduce right there, we pretty much right out my senior year of college, I got married. And uh, as we say, the rest is history. It's great for me to be with you tonight. Uh, kind of as I approach this, and David, you're sending me the questions. Um, 
I use, uh, I love to use just athletic, my athletic background in teaching uh, spiritual truths. I think they go together. God uses uh, the, the, the tangible to teach us the, the intangible. So my, my best coaches were coaches that could take something complicated and make it simple. Uh, one of the greatest defensive coordinators minds that ever played the game was named Bill Oliver. He could take something complicated and make it simple for uh, what we call slow athletes. <laughs> Not necessarily slow uh, in speed, but just uh, up top. Yeah, a lot of guys, they, you know, they, they weren't the, uh, the brightest in the classroom, but boy, they were very athletic. So he was going to take advantage of that and, I believe as we look at something that uh, what we're talking about and we're faced with today, we really want to break it down and make it simple so that you and I as believers in Jesus, all of us can be can be very effective at uh, what God has called us to do. And that is to live our lives. Uh, as I you, I received your questions, uh, David, I I. Um, one of the ones that I kind of wanted to to start with, it was talking about, does the church have more responsibility to address racism than other communities do? Um, and I think that, and you went on to ask, what steps should the, should the church take? And I believe that um, the steps already God has given us in his word. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you to do. And it says, uh, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. I believe that's where we start when we look at uh, how the church should address racism. I was being interviewed just a few weeks ago and uh, someone was, the person that was talking to me asked me, she said, how do we, you know, how do we, conversation, how do we get the conversation started? And I, I, I shared, I said, it's, you want to take conversation to relationship. It's all about relationship. When you look at Matthew 28, 19, God is telling us to go and make disciples of all nations. And I believe that starts at home. It starts right here. It starts in our own backyard. So I, if there, I feel like there's a failure blind spot within the church. Uh, I would say the white evangelical church in America is that we have not, we have not taken this uh, man, this command this uh, to go and make disciples and uh, my life uh thank god there was a a gentleman at uh, university of alabama named brent nelson that took this very scripture um and he he actually walked in it he he discipled me we didn't have the same ethnicity he's a uh, uh, midwestern uh Kansas guy, fourth generation uh, preachers, pastors in his family. And, and I, I said, I was from the hood of Phoenix City, Alabama. <laughs> uh, growing up in a home with two parents that had a fourth grade education, 
um, alcoholism, drugs, domestic violence at its highest level. Background-wise, we didn't have anything in common from a from when you look at our lives, except for Jesus. I was a believer when I came to the University of Alabama. He was a believer about 10, 11 years older than me that had taken this, uh, the command of Jesus serious, and he was making disciples of football players and uh, there at the University of Alabama, and he discipled me. He poured the word into me. Again, I, I say this about Brent. I said, man, his personality was just totally opposite of mine. So, man, he was, his personality was like watching paint dry on a wall. <laughs> and I said, he just didn't have much personality. Saints, what I was drawn to was the Jesus in him. The holiness. The righteousness. I wanted that. I, that's what I wanted. And so I committed to three years of being under his leadership, his discipleship. And God started pouring out in me that which was in him. A lot of what we're seeing today in, in, in this racial situations in America, the church has the solution has the solution to the problem called discipleship. Go make disciples, give Jesus away. And this is what you're gonna find out. People don't care about skin color. What people care about is the love of Jesus that most of them are missing. Brent was the first man to ever tell me he loved me. I never heard that in my home growing up. I believe my dad loved me, but the first time I ever heard the words, I love you, Jeremiah, came from a white person. And oh, how my heart desperately needed to hear those words. So, you know, part, to me, part of the big solution to what we have in America, what, the, what we're seeing is God is saying to the church that he's blessed, that he's equipped, that he's given all of the material tools that you need. Go make disciples. And so for me, I was, after four, three years under the leadership of Brent Nelson, I was ready to be launched out into the, to the, what you call the real world. I was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. and I played there for four seasons. And what I realized when I got to Tampa Bay was that I had been given the mandate to go make disciples. That's what we did. I started ministering to guys. My wife and I, we opened up our home and we started having this uh, Bible studies. After four years there, I went to Denver and we did the very same thing. And so we, we opened up our home, had this. So my background in going to make disciples and God has he created all the ethnicities, every color. And he's blessed each and every one of the ethnicities. We have to ask ourselves, you know, a lot of times we talk about blind spots. To me, the question is, do we love the Lord 
And are we willing to place ourselves around people that don't look like us and give them the gospel? I am a, my background, I like to say this, my background based on the home I came out of, I should be a a middle-aged angry black man. I don't see whites like a lot of blacks do because of my experience with somebody that was able to tell me, Jeremiah, I love you at 18, 19 years of age. And then was willing to pour into my life for those three years. And so God has a way of answering and defeating the scheme of the enemy. What we're seeing and all of what we're seeing rise up is the devil and his tools. What people need to know is that they're loved. And they don't care who's saying it. Come from a dog, a squirrel, I don't know. (laughs) But it's awesome when it comes from another human being that is willing to invest pour into that life, roll up your sleeves and willing to go and make disciples. I believe one of the things that hinders the church, when I say that, I'm talking a lot of the church in whites, what I believe hinders is maybe the sins of the forefathers, maybe the sins of your fathers, racism that existed and uh, things that had to be torn down by the civil rights movement and and uh, maybe the things that uh, you heard growing up and they may still be strongholds in your life. And, uh, <clears throat> and we all have that, regardless of the ethnic. I, there's things in my, in my, that I grew up with that God has had to deliver me from. So that's what we're really talking about. It's sin is sin. Okay? We can categorize it. And so if, this is, if you, you grew up with that, God, the Holy Spirit, will give you the power to defeat that sin. In my life, it was drugs, alcoholism, domestic violence. That's what was passed on. But the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, somebody trying to call me. The power of the Holy Spirit will give you strength to overcome those things that was in your forefathers past or things that may have been passed on down to you that you know were wrong. I can remember vividly being there at Bryan Hall, uh, the first year was, I was just one of two blacks and that was my roommate, Eddie Lowe. <laughs> and uh, we'd have our bowels on, uh, under our arms, getting ready to go down, walking down the hallway. And, uh, other blacks there and, and, you know, guys we played with would just, they criticize us. Man, y'all going to that Bible study. And they would say other things. I won't express that here. But the love of God that lives in us is greater than any of the sectarian 
all of these thoughts and little idioms that we let become giants. I didn't let that become a I didn't let the criticism from my own ethnicity stop me from the plan God had for my life. And so I obeyed what the Spirit of God told me to do. And the Spirit of God was able to reveal to me. He said, you need this. You need this word that Brent Nelson is sharing. Because one of the things that I could do at that age, I could look and see, hey, if I follow those guys, I already know where they're headed. Well, that road's going to end is destruction. Sin leads to death. And it doesn't have anything to do with skin color. <laughs> it's a spiritual thing. Amen. Amen. It's a spirit. So I look at those guys' lives and say, man, if I go over there and smoke this dope with you, sit around and talk about kumbaya and hey, uh, white people ain't treating me right, man, it's still going to end up, I'm just going to end up in death. I'm going to go over here where my heart, my, the spirit of God that's in me is saying, you need to grow in your relationship with Jesus. You need to become more like Christ. So I was interested in, in, in really helping to get my pH balance right. You know, we have that saying about pH balance. Well, to me, pH balance is, I call personal holiness. That's what it stands for. <laughs> so we work on our pH, our personal holiness. And so God just started doing a tremendous work in my life. And so the six years I was in the NFL, it was ministry ground for me. During my in my seventh year in the NFL, I just uh, agreed to a contract with the San Francisco 49ers and God called me out of football. So I left football in the prime of my life. I turned down a, what today would be multi-million dollar money to answer the call of ministry. But because I was already ministering, I could answer that call. I could hear the voice of the Lord. And so we, we, um, we left football in 1989. And uh, when I look back at my life, I look at those guys that we ministered to. They were both black and white. The gospel don't see color. The gospel see need. That's God sees need. He doesn't see color. So I don't even, I, I really, you know, I mean, I may get a little emotional. I don't care to talk about it. In the kingdom, it's sons and daughters of the most high God. I want to go one other place in scripture. I want to show you something because when you look at the church today versus the birth of the church, if we go to Acts, if you can turn over there with me, I just want to read something in the book of Acts that if we look at, that's just very powerful, you know, and you have to ask, we have to ask ourselves today, man, how are we going backwards? How have we gotten to where it's such segregation? In the body of Christ. Because when you look at God's original plan in Acts 2, if you got your Bible, you can turn to Acts, the second chapter. And uh, I just want to read to you. It's, uh, we know that uh, says, we'll start reading in the ch chapter 2, verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, uh, so they were <clears throat> with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where, there, <clears throat> where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one 
sat upon that. Well, it's just something that's up. We're going to skip on down. So you know this is the birth of the church. They're there in Jerusalem at the time. But I want to get down to around verse, let me go down to verse 8. And it says, and how it, is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining uh, Serene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. Well, what'd that sound like? That sounded like a melting pot. Jews from not just Jews, it says Jews and proselytes. So it was the Mediterranean. When you take the Mediterranean and the different ethnic groups at this time, God is bringing back Arabs, Egyptians, Libyans. You ever seen a skin color somebody from Egypt and Libya? They were all there. They heard the what was proclaimed. This gives us insight. The heart of God. <laughs> the different nationalities. The different ethnicities. The gospel ain't a European thing. It ain't a black thing. It's, it's the God using an ethnic group of people called the Jews to, take, to bring salvation to all the world. He said it to Abraham. All the nations of the world would be blessed through you. So we're seeing here, God's the heart of the, the, of the Messiah, the heart of God the Father, that the Holy Spirit would be birthed and taken forth. So I tell you, when we have a problem with people of other ethnicities, we got to check and ask it, do I really have, have I been born again, and do I have the love of Jesus in me? Because he's our shepherd. And we, when the shepherd, the sheep knows the shepherd voice. So um, we see right here, God's heart is for all mankind. How we allow the situations in our communities to be what it is, is because I feel like the church has failed. And when I say that we have failed at displaying, putting on display, let me say, putting on display, and I believe you do that by how you live your life, by impacting people. Based on their need, we start right here in Birmingham. Based on the needs of your neighbor, take the gospel to your neighbor. I'll just say this as a, as a born-again believer that's just got a little bit darker skin tone. You know, my wife and I, we minister to our ministry and our discipleship has been cross-cultural. I don't know how many whites, how many blacks. I don't, because the spirit of God just see need. I want you to ask yourself, and today you walk and say, Lord, how many black friends I got? And if it's the other way around and you're black, you need to say, Lord, how many white friends I got? Or how many Hispanic? What, what are we doing? with the gospel right here. We can go and save the world and lose our own country because we're letting the sin of racism keep us 
from moving in a direction and in a way that may be a little bit uncomfortable, but you know, people are people and everybody has needs. My greatest, one of my greatest friendships is with a Dr. Mike McQueen out of Enterprise, Alabama. We met at high school all-star game in 1978, freshmen in 1979, and God used his family to show me what family could look like. His dad was a Lieutenant Colonel in the army. We used to have Wednesday nights, they'd come and eat there at Bryan Hall. My parents never came. My parents weren't in the condition to come and I was sitting just in my relationship with Mike, I learned God, not just, God gave me a vision for what my life is today. And that is Jeremiah, you can have that right there. And so God painted a, a, a picture and a vision for me that I could have a family. So when you, you just some of the stuff you read about my children and my family, my wife, it came from me being able to see with these two eyes, man, and I didn't care. I didn't care what color they were. I just, we had a, we had a relation. He and I were in the discipleship group together, spent those four years together there at Alabama. And I had the privilege and when he had a, son that passed away at around 13, 14 years of age to eulogize his son, Parker. So I thank God for athletics. I think athletics is, has shown us what we can do, the potential, because we don't think about it on Saturdays when we're watching our teams play and athletes don't. I, you know, uh, I just thank God for the diversity and um, how he is pin the script in my life. And um, my children went to a, pretty much an all, predominantly all white school. And that was designed, I felt I did, it was part of God's plan, but I wanted my children to live in a world where it wasn't just like everybody looked like them. And I thank God for that because they have friends that are across, they have tremendous cross-cultural relationships and that is to me what speaks loudly to a lost and dying world they're using this this absence of us taking the gospel right here in our own country the enemy is using it to i believe to destroy our country it moves when you think about you know for blacks think about uh, uh jim crow law segregation and slavery those are emotions that can be brought those emotions can be brought up and if a brother or sister is not really truly rooted and grounded in his walk with the Lord uh, as a black, those things are bringing about emotional emotions that are being carried out. And the manifestation is uh, violence. So we we as a. We as a church have a powerful tool called God, the son, Jesus himself. Who manifested in the flesh displayed his love for us on the cross. All men and women need to hear this and know this, and therefore their identity is in him and not in their ethnicity. So I, I shared with a group in uh, a few weeks ago, just doing a talk like this, but it was at the, a local church in Mobile, and I started my talk off before I ever got started. I said, hey, let me, I need to share something with you because it was a mixed congregation. I said, uh, what I, I, you need to know is 
I'm not a black man first. I'm a born again believer in Jesus Christ first. That's how I think. That's my MO. That's how I go about what I do in life. And be honest with you, there were blacks there that didn't like me saying that because I didn't come from a pol black political stand. I came from a biblical victorious stand. This is how you win at life. The life God has given you, he designed for you. And that's what I believe. So it doesn't matter what obstacles in the way. What matters is who's your God? Who's your God? Mine is Jesus, son of the most high. And that's what I believe. And so we were to take this seriously, this mandate. He died for all ethnicities. He, he, he died because he created. And when we're willing to do that, hallelujah. I think it kind of went a little bit over that, David, but maybe in my discussion here, I had, you know, I had two or three questions I was, so we may have, I think I maybe was, was able to get around to them. Thank you for having me this evening. What, what a blessing. And you, you worked them all in there together. Ultimately, I love what you said, which is he doesn't see the color. He sees the need, right? That, that the need is Jesus Christ. They need to hear that Jesus loves them. They need to hear that gospel. Would you close us in prayer? Sure, I'd be happy to. Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for David and each and every person that is going to hear what we share tonight. Help them to realize that they belong to you. We all belong to you. There's a God. He loves each and every person, and he wants us to have relationships with each and every ethnicity that we can. Father, give up each and every person here that strength to, and help them make that decision that they're going to go out and they're going to start seeing the need and not the color of our, a person's skin. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jeremiah.